Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Chapter Tactics, where we talk about uh, strategies and tactics to help out both new and veteran players alike. Nailed that intro. Yes. Did this like 20 times, and I'm still bad at it. My name is uh, Magic Arby's Fly, also known as Matt, and with me today we have our co-host, Demeki. Hey, everybody. How y'all doing? Uh, you will also notice that John P. is not here today. Um, we, we ate him. We killed him. <laughs> and we are harvesting his resources underneath the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, with us today, we also have uh, Bricky. Oh, hello. Yeah, you want to give oh, a better... Did you, did you want more than that? Yeah, a little bit more. My hello? Yeah. Introduce oh, yourself. Uh, hi, I play guard. Uh, send me money on my OnlyFans. Yeah. Okay, cool. cool. All right. <laughs> we have uh, Scary as well. Hello, everyone. And um, back to you, Bricky. I would say getting to know you is one layer at a time. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Only it's fans. The first time. <laughs> Never heard it before. <laughs> now it was just on the airwaves. And with that, bye bye, everyone. Who yeah, just said that, what, a great, what a great show. Let's <laughs> play, play the like, outro. I don't want to watch this anymore. I'm that, gone. That, 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 that's all, folks. Uh, so today, uh, we're doing a little bit more of a serious topic um not so much about competitive but mostly talking about uh the state of the game right now um talking about things like eighth edition codexes that are still out that need to be updated because uh it's been like two years since we've been in ninth edition Mm -hmm. right yeah since it's been two whole years now everybody here has had now has like ninth edition codexes available to them. How long did it take for, and we'll do it as a round table starting with Demeki. <laughs> how long did it take for your uh, armies to get a ninth edition codex? Oh man, I was, I was easy breezy, beautiful cover girl. I'll tell you what. <laughs> All right. So death guard, I got first and then Drakari and dark angels immediately after. Yeah, so but I'm like, just waiting what, what on was town. the time frame of that? So, well, all right. So, of course, we're, we're kind of going in the same hiatus as last year uh, where we were expecting some codexes to be released around December time frame mm-hmm. in January, and they got pushed uh, due to COVID and other reasons. But yeah. uh, Death Guard came out in December, and then Dark Angels and Drakari got pushed to January, February-ish. Oh, so it was like about a year. Yeah. yeah. About a year. Okay. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on over to Bricky. What about you? Um, so, I mean, I, I got Necrons post-Codex, so I guess you could say immediately, but that one doesn't really count. Yeah. Uh, Sisters got the final 8th Codex, and then their ninth in, what was that? It was like June, was July? It was. Yeah, I would yeah. say around there, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was. I mean, it wasn't like overly recent, but it was, it was recent enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then since then, none of my other armies... I mean, I guess I'm slowly collecting salamanders, but that doesn't really count. So yeah. it would be Night Lords, which I'm working on, Guard and Custodians. And Custodians are coming, but Guard is nowhere in sight. So we'll see. Yep, yep. So what, what's the time frame of that? Like about another year? Uh, for Guard? I mean, No, no, no. Not, not for Guard, but for Sisters when they came out. What was that? Like oh. a year since Ninth Edition came out? Yeah, right uh, out of a year. I think... Well, because yeah. they were the final Codex of Eighth, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. they were. Um, yeah. And then they, I think they came out... Was there after Admech? Yes, no. yeah, it was actually. Shortly after. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Quickly yeah, yeah, after, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Right, because Admech was so, was so good, everyone kind of, like, just kind of flew into the radar a little bit because it was like the new Admech book. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Around there, yeah. I think summer of 2021. Okay, all right. And then what about you, Skari? Jakari um, player. <laughs> I'm going to preface this saying, because I have played for a very long time, mm-hmm. you were younglings, um, that... Nothing compares to, I don't care what we talk about today, it will never compare to how things used to be. Oh, yeah. Because back, oh, back in my day, <laughs> I waited 13 years for a new Drukari Codex. Whoa. Or 14 years. Mm-hmm. So Dark Eldar 2nd Edition, or the 2nd Edition Dark Eldar Codex, which, uh, of course, in proper radio, I'm holding up oh, right now. That's so beautiful. Was released, <laughs> I know, it's old school. Look at that. That was released in ni- 1998. Wow. And, yeah. I was and seven years old. The, I was 13. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Codex Dark Elder, which was the fifth edition book. I don't mm-hmm. know. I just literally randomly grabbed it because that's how awesome this is. When they redid everything was in 2010, I think is what it was. No. 
Yeah, 2010. I think oh, as well. Man. So it was like Jeez. it was like 12 years. Man, 2010 was for a new year. codex. Yeah, yeah. So let's just say that with Drukari coming out in ninth edition, I d- I didn't feel like I had to wait wait a long time. It was relatively quick quick in in eighth, like 2018 was when the Drukari codex came out for eighth edition, mm-hmm. and then ninth edition we just got it this year. Yeah. So it wasn't really that long of a wait. Mm-hmm. In comparison, yeah. What were what were you That's doing in even... 2010? What like what were you doing in 2010? Yeah, <sighs> probably some form of black tar heroin or something. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What were you gonna say, Bricky? Uh, I was gonna say, um, even though I'm not as uh, I am not as veteran as Scurry is, I started in like early seventh, mm-hmm. um, and even then in seventh, it still took quite a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is it's shocking how much faster it is than it, uh, in eighth and ninth than it was back then. That being said, uh, better does not necessarily mean good or optimal. So yeah, I'd say I'd stats. give you yeah. optimal. It's definitely not mm-hmm. like what we yeah. would like, or in terms of the capability that we feel mm-hmm. is possible. Definitely. However, I you know the the Drukari Codex was one of those that didn't have to wait very long in ninth edition, and then their book was like stupidly good. Yeah, it's, it's, now, the, it's the curse of having a great book. Yeah. If your army is finally good, but then you're like, oh, no one wants to deal with this. See, we, we can break this down more because I want to I want to piggyback off of what you guys are saying. But before we go on any further, this show is brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get amazing game mats for not just your 40K games, but almost any tabletop game out there. Purchase miniatures at a discount and join some of the largest 40K events in the industry. They also have the largest 40K podcasting network in the business with shows like Signals from the Frontline, Chapter Tactics, which you're listening to right now, Grim After Dark, and so much more that's frontlinegaming.org or you can click on the link of the description uh of this podcast on all the social media goodies out there so uh, uh lvo coming up on in january so yep. <laughs> get ready for that y'all have fun all right now let's and dive oh so good yes let's dive straight into this i'm gonna actually just piggyback right off of what you guys were saying with um you know back back in the day uh, everybody knows that games workshop was uh pushing out their codexes at a slower pace than what they are doing now right yeah. however <laughs> yeah. if you take that into account the technology that was out during that time like in the 90s wasn't very fast right, right. The, that was like during the advent of uh computers finally you know becoming more than just uh ca- large calculators for yeah, your yeah. for your home right they, it actually yeah. became personalized computers right during that time and since then, now coming up to 2020, when information is so fast, you can, like, if you don't talk about something that happened, like, yesterday or the week before, all of a sudden, it's irrelevant, right? Like, yeah. information changes hands so quickly nowadays that even though it's faster than it was before, it kind of still feels out of place, especially in the modern world as of right now. And I think that's what the biggest problem is. Right. Right. Well, I mean, like in in GW is uh, making a stride to work better at that. I would say, especially mm-hmm. when it came to the most recent data slate, right? Oh yeah, the balance slate. Yeah, yeah. the balance that was slate very good. was mm-hmm. really good. Uh, armies got exactly what they needed. Uh, a lot of eighth edition codexes got exactly what they needed in order to be a little bit more competitive. <laughs> there was only like three. <laughs> there was only like three. Yeah, but knights really needed it, and well, so did yeah. so did chaos knights. knights. Ne- Necrons were very happy. Necrons, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, honest. On a side note, the balanced data slate, um, very clean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Not a, a GBW has stumbled a little bit with with how they format their stuff, but very clean, big old, you know, great header and everything. Dennis Mechanicus, Astromel Tarma, all listed down. Yes. Yeah. It looked good. It was very concise, and it was only three pages, including all the points changes to Drakari and Admech. Yeah, which, very minimalist. Nice. It felt good. Yeah, yeah, it was really nice to not have all that fluff that sometimes you see in, like, stratagems and all this other stuff that you're just like, wait, does it, huh, what, what, what are they trying to say? Like, Hey, I like it, that fluff. <laughs> I, I like that fluff, too. <laughs> I, for for a, a balance patch. It's yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, they got straight to the point, and that's why mm-hmm. I enjoyed about it. Like, there was no, like, second-guessing, because the last thing we need is a fact to a data slate. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and so like the, I I I think that one of the problems that I have right is that yes, we're getting codexes at a faster pace, but then you look at stuff where armies are just like absolute like people haven't touched their 
Tau army or their craft worlds arm. Well, they've touched them, but you know, they, they're not like super, super ecstatic about it. Right. <laughs> and I think that's what the biggest problem is, is that we're pushing it out where now it's been two years since we've been inside of ninth edition. Right. And there's still armies out there that like, can't that literally cannot play even at a competitive level. You can still play it as fluff. Anyone could play a game as fluff, right? As long as you're having fun, it doesn't matter if it's competitive or not. But if you're like, going up to like a random game and you bring your towel list and you know, it, it's you're at a constant uphill battle, just constant. Well, I think, I think one of the cool things that started with the beginning of ninth, right. Was mm. that you got to see more lists, especially with towel. Like there wasn't trip tides. Yeah. There was like trip tiger sharks or two tiger sharks yeah. and some other stuff. Like it was a new flavor. So people finally could say, well, trip tides is no longer a thing. We can also do like crisis bomb and we can do tiger sharks and all this other stuff. But as soon as these other codexes came out, it was just like, yeah, no, nah, we ain't going to survive. Against yeah. Anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're just going to die to a swift breeze. Yeah, exactly. I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, so I kind of wanted to touch base um, with what you said about how it's like frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand where you're coming from. The thing that, I always kind of gets me is the fact that they can release such a good thing like the balance update. Yeah. Uh, but you know, it's like a limited thing mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. it, you know, using the medium of like a PDF, you know, there would be, th- and just releasing it in that stance. Or even if, if you like, if it was a, say a Warhammer plus thing, where if you got like a subscription Warhammer plus, you get the patch and balances on a just a constant basis or whatever. I would love like that. even yeah. something as simple as that would solve a lot of issues in terms of people wanting things to get fixed now. Yeah. I think exactly, culturally exactly. we do live in a society where you tend to have like that that need for instant gratification, like with mm-hmm. video games or with like, you know, getting to where you want to go or things like that. And it kind of translates into what has historically been a grumpy old man playing board games with dice game right yeah. like it does that you know what i mean where it's like very like you know you get your codex and you just sucked it up for 10 years playing the same old rules and i think that we're at that sort of like stage where there's such an influx of newer players Right. And mm-hmm. such a cultural difference where people from all ages, all genders, all walks of life have like really started to play this game and get invested in what the game does. And therefore, you have a lot more types of people playing the game. Then you have the tournament circuit, you know, with the, you know, the ITC and GW making like events and things like that. And just all the events around the world that are getting a lot of press, people taking pictures, the you know, social media and everything. So you're seeing the issues with the game, like highlighted by mm. bloggers, by, by people who do videos, you know, so then you can kind of you get a hyper focus and notice all the all the stuff that's that needs a balance right yeah. so then we're constantly looking for things that need balance updates and then there's this sort of like um push to try and get all these things changed however the company itself doesn't doesn't have the sort of like gears in place to make that happen as quickly as we'd like it to happen yeah. and oh, that yeah. leads yeah. to people kind of feeling a little disheartened or putting away their models because they're just they're sad that they can't they don't feel like they have that they have like they can play them you know that sort of thing well yeah. I, yeah. I think the the main thing too is that we went through almost a full well we did go through a full year of no tournament events mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. normally most companies especially like wizards of the coast and stuff for magic you know they they look at the meta and they go okay well this needs to be balanced or maybe we need to take a look at this particular card stuff like that and i feel like that's the problem that we're kind of running into right now as well is like you know we've been requesting something like the data slate since yeah. tournaments started but the problem is is that there just wasn't enough data right mm-hmm. so like I feel like they're they're still trying to play catch up because of COVID, and like that's understandable. Like yeah. it, it, we're just gonna have to wait until more tournaments keep happening, which it, it might mean more Drakari wins. Which yeah. I'm, I'm cool with that. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I'm okay cool. with that cool. as well. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> Matt, we're on numbers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bricky, do you want to put in your two cents about this? 
Uh, well, I think it's interesting because the the data slate, for as well realized as it was and well formatted, uh, it was well formatted as it was, came out very swiftly after the SoCal Open. Uh, mm-hmm. Very obviously to tackle a lot of the problems with that, but mm-hmm. on a combination of so many other things, you know, if I remember back when the Iron Hands one uh, was the LVO and they had that really quick nerf on them, uh, I got we got the almost uh, a nearly identical situation here. But there's so much extra in there. The Necron core changes, the night changes, CSM. Uh, and while not all of them were incredible, the, having them there along with the changes to orcs and flyers was very quick and, and impressive, which makes me think that GW has the capability to make these quick changes. Um, they just simply need a platform to do so. Yeah. Uh, which is why I'm actually a little bit curious if the, um, I'm sure we'll discuss the Warhammer app at some point in the future, but the Warhammer app kind of, the possibility of it taking a space as the the digital area for codexes yeah. could but, but, uh, involve this data slate easier. Because Wahapedia, for me, is a huge place because they update the data slate and stuff nearly within days oh yeah it's crazy and, and, and it's, it's all wonderful it's all controlled by like just one dude in germany it's like yeah. it's crazy yeah he's quick with it yeah it, is it germany if i was russia or where somewhere somewhere it's i see are you on there <laughs> yeah, <sir>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um now what one thing that scar talked about that uh i kind of want to pick at a little bit more here is uh the influx of new players mm-hmm. right Warhammer, when 8th edition came out, huge influx of players. Ninth edition comes out, another huge boom in players, right? Mm. Especially during yep. COVID times, right? Um, everybody was, like, dogpiling onto, uh, onto the hobby. Also, like, TTS, you know, being, like, oh, yeah. such a big, you know, like, tool for people to use it. Mm. Uh, and, but, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so there's a huge influx of these players, right? And when you have these huge influx of these players that are going towards factions, you know, uh, at the start of ninth edition, they're just like basically like flipping coins, seeing like what faction they think is looks cool. You know, yep. uh, you know, if people picked up Tau because they're like, oh, I love Gundams, weeb stuff, right? Cool, <laughs> go for it. Oh, these guys, uh, they eat dirt and uh, they have they like biomass, alien, xenomorphic stuff. Cool, go for it. Imp guard, all these other factions. Uh, Chaos Space Marines. And now if they decide to join the game in ninth edition and they didn't pick, they didn't get lucky and pick any of the armies that got a ninth edition codex, you know, these are new players coming into the game that still, that are having like a terrible time over the span of like two years. Right. Yeah. And I feel like that that's like one of the biggest problems that is happening with uh, Warhammer right now. And the retention that uh, the company is trying to, take a grasp of it's kind of like slipping because of how dated the way that they're updating the game has become in modern standard times. Right. 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 Yeah. I mean, it's a little unfortunate. I'm, I mean, like to go back wizards of the coast, like if you look at D and D game mm-hmm. purely based on books, you can use models if you want to, you don't have to. Yeah. But like, uh, they started some, uh, an online subscription service and it's been doing really well. I like to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, that was one thing. During 8th, you had access to digital books. Mm-hmm. And I bought, I mean, I bought some of my codexes digitally from GW. But when they rolled out ninth, they put a stop to it. And I guess, you know, it's to combat uh, piracy yeah. and whatnot. But, like, uh, it, I, I feel like they could have took a better approach a little, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was super excited for the app. It, it, it has been a useful tool at times. But, like, it missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Can, like, I, uh, you can wanted... I put a question out there real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if this is jumping the gun a little bit, and if it is, you can circle back. And um, what are your thoughts on the concept that the Warhammer app can be? You can uh, purchase the individual codexes digitally through like a uh, like. I want to buy. I have the app. I want to get into Necrons. Mm-hmm. I want Ninth Edition Necron Codex in the App Store. It is ten dollars, and then you get all the, the thing you get the yeah. thing you get to the use and stuff i'm curious what your thoughts on that as a because obviously we're talking about a push to the digital age and yeah. moving it forward mm-hmm. and i'm curious the difference particularly in profit margin production costs of selling a codex physically versus the purchase of a ten dollar 
thing on the app. Yeah. yeah. So th- it, this is actually a very interesting question, right? Because uh, what we're looking at when it comes to Warhammer, especially in ninth edition, with stuff like uh, the Grand Tournament uh, rule set becoming more and more popular, people actually using Grand Tournament rule sets, which is like the more competitive way to play it, right? Right. Ha- picking these more competitive secondaries. The game naturally has become more competitive compared to what it used to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. So because of that, right, when you have, if you are able to get these codexes at a $10 value on just a digital device, um, it becomes where, because like there's so many people out there that just open up a codex. They don't read any of the fluff. They just go and they flip straight to like, you know, that data sheet, stratagems, um, you know, faction bonuses, stuff like that. And they go straight to that. So I think that that is a, that could be a really big problem for GW, right? Right. Because that's a $10 purchase versus what a book costs is like $60. Yeah, I I would say between 40 and 60. Yeah, somewhere around there. So that's like a 30, 30 that's a $30 difference. And that's pretty huge. Maybe if it was like somewhere halfway between that, that'd be fine. Um, But it it, it depends on what GW wants to do. Uh, I'm sorry, Scar, you you had a point that you wanted to talk about earlier, if you want to elaborate on that. Uh, the, The point has come and gone. That's uh, how my brain tends to work. I will think (laughs) of it again at some point. Um, But yes, we're good. Yeah. What uh, what, what would you think about that? uh, Scary, curiosity, um, because you're such a veteran for this kind of thing. uh, What are your thoughts on the the separation between a codex via digital app versus physical? Because I mean, I, I think you and I both like the artwork and the fluff quite a bit and probably get the codex for that regardless, but. Well, just the, just, to be to be honest, I'm I always think I wonder how much research development dollars or pounds goes into just the new codex smell, right? <laughs> Which you know what I mean, like yeah. you know, cracking cracking. You know, I, having worked in sales for seven years, like you know, you go into a retail store, the music they play, the layout of the store, the perfumes they use, or the smell of the store, like it's all doctored to create uh, like a Pavlovian conditioning within your brain where mm. you go into that store every time and doesn't matter in which store you are in which mall or which location, but you go to like a X store, it's going to be the exact same like feeling yeah. for mm-hmm. your body. So it gets you comfortable. You get to spend money. Right. And I, and I wouldn't be surprised that a lot of the reason that the books are still there is because of the fact that, there's so much sort of like R&D, like research and development into the tactileness and feeling and the, the actual physical grabbing of a product, right? Like a book or a codex. You know, if you, you know, if you even feel the pages or the, 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 the cover of a codex, a lot of them have like, they're not, they're like textured almost. They're not like flat. They're textured. Like you, you, you smell the book. You can hear the, the spine crack when you open it the first time. Like I'm pretty sure there's a lot of that in there that's designed to sort of like get us hooked to the just that little ritual of buying a book, opening it, you know, sort of thing. Oh, yeah. So, um, however, I do think that having it in a digital form would be incredibly beneficial. And I think it would not only allow the release of the books to be a lot faster, but I think it, it'll allow them to troubleshoot their game a lot quicker. And, you know, and it is a fine line. You don't want to sort of like, you know, if you can, if you can change everything, should you change everything? Like, where's that like fine line between them getting really involved and changing everything all the time or like not changing it enough, right? And that's always going to be an issue. But yeah. in, as for digital codexes and stuff, yes, there should be an app where you can click and it's linked up to your PayPal or whatever and you just click on it and it goes, give me new codex. And then they could sell as many DLC campaign books as they wanted or crusade oh, supplements for your faction that would be amazing. or whatever they wanted well, and literally do two, like little microtransactions. And they probably yeah. end up making more money than with a physical codex based on shipping and development and printing and all that good stuff. However... I want, I, see I want the book. I want to hold it. You know, even though I own a million books, like I, st- I still going to want my codex that I can take in my book bag that I can crack open that I just like, you know, 
Ah, you know, like you know, <laughs> you know what I, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, I feel exactly understand it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm pulling out my sororitas book, and I'm just like, oh yeah, hundred percent, dude. No, I don't do the same with the other books, though. It's just the sororitas book. I don't know why. Well, I, I feel like I feel like the two platforms too are really geared towards two different types of people. I mean, because like the physical book is definitely for new players, so you can walk into the store and and do oh, exactly yeah, everything that Scarry was talking about. Yeah. And then the digital platform is more for veteran players. That's like, I need the information. I need it now so I can be on top of my game. And, you know, just in case if I forget my book at home, I have it on this phone that I always constantly yep. carry around with me. So, like, yeah, I mean, it, in I, I, I kind of feel like, like, one, the, the, the veteran players are kind of being ignored. But at the same time, I'm sure they're probably just trying to brainstorm or figure out how to do it. Like, don't don't get me wrong. I absolutely love the books. I, yeah. I still, like, whenever, um, I, I would 100% rather flip through pages in my book than look up stuff on Wahapedia, like when I'm playing or anything like that. Or if I'm just, like, sitting on the toilet and I have nothing to do, I'll pop, I'll, I'll, I'll bring a codex <laughs> in and just start, like, reading stuff. Like, you know, it, it's it's totally fun. And then there, there's really nothing that kind of beats uh buying a codex on the day that it releases, mm -hmm. opening up the shrink wrap, and then just hearing the and then just like smelling yep. it. No, nothing beats it. It's so it's so nice. Mm -hmm. Um <laughs> but like I, I feel oh go ahead. It's like a collective it's like a collective thought. Like when yeah. we have described just that alone, mm -hmm. everyone who plays this game, who's listening to this right now, understands exactly what we mean yeah oh, yeah. yeah oh oh yeah like the hear like the spine do the little crinkle and everything it's got yeah. there's, a, nice. there's a feeling to it also i'd say it's really good thematically you know if mm -hmm. i'm playing warhammer the sci-fi fantasy having like a book with the all the regalia and the propaganda kind of thing on it it has a little little feeling to it yeah you know? it's it's definitely like a a very classic feel it's like when you look at um D, D on something like stranger things right and you see like those piles of books oh, yeah. and like it just it feels correct like that's mm -hmm. like that's what i want that's that's what i want to feel right and when you see like these warhammer books like all stacked together you see all these miniatures you see like these measuring tapes and stuff it's like that that feels good i mm -hmm. like that 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 i feel at home you know when i look at that um however and then you can read each chapter yeah and the tactics <laughs> Oh, jump out yeah, of the page. Yeah, all, all <laughs> oh, 215 oh. of them as of right now. Like, <laughs> uh, or I would say like that. that there is a little bit of overlap you'd have with the physical and digital, though, because, I mean, obviously we want to be uh, financially conscious, but mm. Warhammer players have been known to spend a lot of money, and yeah, I would say myself as well, I would absolutely have buy the Codex, and I'd probably buy the app as well because then I'd have it right there at a tournament if I need to fact check something or yeah. check a stat line or something. I'm, there'd be yeah. a nice little overlap. I'll tell you what, I'm still paying for Warhammer Plus and I've never even opened it once. So, you know, that, missing that's out, not true. You did open it. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, there's I, no I, arcane, but yeah, yeah. Just stuff there's in there. very little yeah. that's as good as arcane. So, <laughs> there's um, nothing that's a hard one there. Other than maybe a Stardust. If it was so, like. So I so I totally agree with what Berkey is saying. I think yeah. that if they do open it up digitally, people will still buy it. They're still going to buy it. Like you have your veteran players that are still going to buy it. Yeah. But chances are that those same veteran players probably still love the the smell of the books and like looking through the pages and reading the fluff because you can't really be a veteran player of the game if you're not invested in like these armies and you're not invested in uh um the lore backing mm. up these armies. You know what I mean? So I'd, I'd like to make a quick addendum real quick. I, yeah. I forgot that you actually get a code if you buy the physical codex yeah. for the, the, the app. I don't count that I for, though. I don't count I forgot, that. I forgot about that. Now, now, I'm, now I'm telling GW to force you to pay extra yeah. money faster than buy the codex. Well, there, there are some things that you don't get with the code. Mm -hmm. Like even if you get the codex, there's some oh, things that don't true. show up. Like and the formatting is different. So yeah, yes. if it was like put in the code, get a PDF of your codex, I would almost prefer that than mm -hmm. the way that the the, the 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 app is released. I do feel that it is very useful though to put in like a data sheet or a rule or the name of a stratagem and it, you can just have it pop up right away and I think that's really, really useful. Mm -hmm. um, however, it's definitely not the same. Now, this is a very um, common opinion that a lot of people have whenever I read up about this same topic. And it's that uh, people think that the codexes, all the codices should be dropped at the same time at the start of a new edition. 
what do you guys, what's your guys' opinion on that? Well, I, I mean, think they're laughably unrealistic. Mm, nah. yeah. 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 I think, I think they're spoiled with eighth, right? Cause that's what happened with eighth. I don't know. Uh, so he had a, had a refresh when the, the right, but every codex was dropped when eighth dropped. Uh, was it every? Yeah, they they, like... they did it. They did it in third edition where oh. they had every army got into like an index form and it was mm-hmm. in the main rule book and it was like an abbreviated version of like you know a dark lance was the same as the last cannon was the same as like a you know like it was very very streamlined rules and then the codex is added more. But in eighth, yes, they did. They did give us the index, all the indexes that sort of brought every army into 8th edition. That was good, even though some of it was still crazy, great, crazy unbalanced. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like everyone wonders why I hate Craft World Eldar and we look at 8th edition planes. I like that that indexing thing. I feel like that's 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 a good idea. They could just like refine it a little bit more so that not every not you know it's not as unbalanced as it can possibly be because like circling back to what we're saying you know we're talking about two years where like when was the last time that you guys looked at a tau player that was playing a game uh 40k and you can tell that it was like they were hiding behind a happy face mask you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's just, because yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Last time I saw that, it was Richard Siegler, and he had a very happy face. Yeah. Well, th- that, that's different, though. That this, you know, your casual, just... your casual, normal players, so, like somebody that can mm. only play the game, like maybe like once a month. Depends on how much terrain you have on the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this enough terrain? Terrain. One barrel in the middle of board and nine broadsides. Yeah, right. Definitely smiling. (laughs) I think there is something to be said though, um, where I think this is it's a compounding issue. I would like to have seen ninth without the COVID and the Brexit delays and all that kind of stuff. Um, But also, in a sense, I think the Tau thing is all is a two pronged problem. Um, I don't particularly think GW has done a fantastic job with pointing the Tau. Um, shield drones are 15 points, aren't they, Demeki? Yeah. Don't yeah. Like, I it's, mean, and the, 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 they didn't the, really get a whole bunch of cha- points changes in the prior chapter approved. I, I think you can band aid those eighth codexes a bit because everything can be solved with points. Yeah. Technically. Technically. Technically, the whole thing can be solved with points. But, but uh, they. Craft worlds, Tau haven't done a great job, uh, in my opinion, at like making those eighth edition codexes better via the point way. I agree with that. I mean, the the shield drones needed a nerf; they needed a point nerf. But at the same time, they also nerfed marker light drones, which are very a very big necessity to the army. And and it wasn't even just marker light drones; it was just like marker lights in general. So like it's it was a a function that is required for the army, but like they also got hit with point increases and it kind of just hurt the army like all the way around. Yeah. To the point of it being like kind of dead in the water. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, to, to the point to where like, y- you know, everybody stopped bringing riptides because they started doing crisis bomb because like that was the way that you could increase a ballistic skill for Tau permanently mm-hmm. from like four to three. And then, Kind of sprinkle in some marker lights and, and like hope for the best. Yeah, yeah. So, so that so that like coming from uh, Tyranids, right? Yeah. During all of Ninth Edition, um, you know, it, it's been like a touch and go type of thing until uh, we reach the data slate, and now with the new balance slate or data slate or whatever, um, it's a great time to yeah. be a Tyranids player. Yeah. Up until that point, though, it was a mixed bag of how you play them. You know, you either had to dive into, like, Forge World. You had to uh, not think about what makes the army fun for you, right? And start thinking about what is going to let you win the game, right? Because, like, you you can definitely have fun losing. But if you're, like, losing, like, 30 games in a row or, like, you know, like, 15 games in a row, chances are you're probably not going to want to keep playing over and over again because you're just like, what's the point if I'm just going to lose? You know nah, what I mean? man, it's going to make that victory that much sweeter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you look, you see the same thing with, like, video games, you know? You go yeah. on, like, this huge losing streak, and then you're just like, I just, more. I, I can't, I can't well, do I, it. I mean, at least Warhammer's not, like, COD, because if it was, I'd be like, one more. One more. Well, then one that, more until yeah. I win. One be, more. Well, that's that's like that doesn't happen thing. to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't happen. Yeah. To, yes, I, Scary. How many games do you play before you go to bed of Warhammer? 
He hasn't been. To uh, I play a lot of games. <laughs> I can. I'm. I'm I can do the the one more game. Yeah. Anytime. <laughs> yeah. No. I, I. I like. If I could, I would do the same thing. Where I'd yeah. be like, I'll play this game all day. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. But um, I'm talking about like your regular players, like the people that aren't people like us that have the time to yeah. play this game like yeah. every single week. That don't have an outlet to play it every single week or even more times a week. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking about the people that have like a nine to five that come up. Or, you know, they can only fit in one or two games a month. Yeah. Stuff like that. And then if you're playing one or two games a month and then you end up losing for like five months in a row, right? That's 10 games. All of a sudden, the game doesn't sound very fun to you at that point, right? Yeah. Or you're like, oh, I need to get a new army. Yeah. And then, exactly. And then you're just like, man, what about my favorite army, my baby? That yeah. I started off well, with. Like turning it, to, like spinning it around and going back to like the, the concept we were talking about of digitalizing like rules mm. and concepts. You mm. know, I feel like then we have something like the campaign books, right? Yeah. And a lot of the times those are kind of. They seem to be a little bit like patches, you know, like Tyranids just got like an injection of goodness with the with the new like campaign book. They've mm-hmm. got some really cool rules, that sort of thing that, that brings them more into the mix of ninth edition. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's definitely something that I would love to see. If they're not gonna release like codexes all in one go, for example, that and they want to release sort of these campaign books as more of that balancing that it's an opportunity to get onto that digital market exactly. where you can release more things more frequently yeah. or even something like a, like a per once per faction PDF data slate thing. Like instead of a balanced data slate, have like a, like an FAQ, but like a balanced data slate for each faction that they just like review every month. Even yeah. I wonder, you know, it, it wouldn't take a lot of time and I would do it for free games workshop. <laughs> I, I want to make a quick, uh, uh, fix of something that I said. I think I was saying like, yeah, Tyranids, now that they have the new data slate balance sheet, like I'm, I was talking about Octarius. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the campaign book. Yeah. I, I mean, like I, I love the campaign books. They've been great so far. And like, uh, the the other thing that I it just reminded me when we started talking about like the the changes that have come, like before we got the Imperium Compendium book, which mm. was the the new Forge World rules and stuff. Uh, yeah. Like it, Tau felt different then because of the Tiger Sharks and stuff, and then that book came out, and then you felt different because now you had your your Demacarians. Yeah, that that got uh, some Demon love. Demacarians and Hyradules and yeah. the Herodin. And, and I <laughs> thought, yeah, and I thought I thought that was cool. Like I like it. It brought more flavor into the game, mm-hmm. and, and and I really like the Forge World models. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I think yeah. they're cool, but like slightly it, expensive. Yeah, but, you know, cool. Yeah, yeah, and, and it brought more flavor into the game, and then it got stale again, and then we started getting the campaign books and stuff. And I agree with what Scarry's saying, but like. The other thing is, too, is I'm wondering, like, the reason, like, because, like, they also have to do stuff for White Dwarf, right? Mm-hmm. And there's been stuff released in White Dwarfs, mm-hmm. like, uh, what is it, The Fallen, yeah. right? They released that in, in the White Dwarf. So, like, I feel like they're kind of, like, juggling maybe a little bit too much, too, Yeah, they just at the same p- time. Yeah, if they just put everything, like, what we've been saying throughout this entire episode is if they had, like, one singular app where you can get all the information... And, like, you can even come up with, like, indexes for every single army, start pushing stuff out more quickly, start pushing out things like your campaign books, start pushing out data slates more quickly, then I feel like that that becomes a lot more healthy, right? Because, like, we look into what's going to happen in 2022 with what are the possible books that can come out. We still have Chaos Space Marines that need to come out. Mm -hmm. They still haven't released books for, like, White Scars, Ultramarines. Uh, there's still, you know, so there's still more Space Marine stuff that's going to come out. Oh, yeah. Um, it's been rumored that maybe, uh, like, you know, what if Chaos Space Marines get uh, individual codexes that's not just... Uh, oh, yeah, like uh, World Eaters and all them? Yeah, it's not just, like, you know, one singular Space Marine or Chaos Space Marine book, book. you know. Um, you know, what if that happens? Then are we looking at other armies that need these ninth edition books mm-hmm. get pushed even farther back? I would, I would like if GW was just less stingy with the points changes. Mm-hmm. I, I think if you were to do a big, a big old data slate mm-hmm. for, uh, for Tau right now, like on the data slate, you nerfed Drakari and Adam Mech and you buffed Tau, 
and you buff Tau in all these different ways, and it's only and it's three months before the new codex drops. I don't know a Tau player who wouldn't be okay with that. They get to have their couple months of fun. Yeah. And with the new stuff and then new Codex is out. Yeah. And even uh, more months of yeah, just, fun. Just drop yeah. an Earth mode. Like just Earth drop <laughs> just drop like something that breaks it. Like let them have their fun in the sun. They've been <laughs> trapped underneath this I mean, rock. <laughs> I don't mean make them OP or anything, but you know, a point change in these because they're they're every quarter yeah, they mentioned, being, right? I'm, is I'm, the new Dasolate. I'm exaggerating, but yeah. I, I really like that that quarter thing because this is a physical hobby. You need the time to build and adjust, and you can't have like a monthly patch. I don't think. No, no, yeah. Um, unless you have, unless it's like just a ton of uh, data testers. But uh, having that kind of point change, just being able to like, all right, Tao, uh, your marker light drones are ten points again. Your broadsides are cheaper. Your your infantry is all down a point. You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That stuff I feel like would really, it would really benefit from that kind of thing. Even if it doesn't last a long time, it would make people happy for the time being. Exactly. Well, what what yeah. about armies like your Imp Guard? Uh, Imp Guard is such a convoluted army <laughs> in, like, in like the data sheet style. It's not a very convoluted army to play. Yeah. Um, but just the amount of stuff. I mean, I'd like it. I don't know where they would begin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about they begin by retroactively taking away all the stuff they retconned from their codex? Like, it's funny because we're talking about codexes, and if somebody were to pick the codex up, um, like, if you pick a Astro Militarum codex up mm-hmm. from 8th edition and play it as it is in the codex, most of the stuff in that codex is illegal in terms of rules. Yeah, the true. commissar doesn't work like that anymore. Like the conscripts got retconned to have like uh, rules added to them. Rattlings work differently. Like there's so many different things that um, got changed and switched that if you were to go and buy the eighth edition Astro Codex, like you sort of need the FAQ to play it and you need to know about the FAQ to play oh, it. So a new player would have a harder this. time like understanding, oh, so this rule doesn't isn't actually what is written on this yeah. piece of paper. Yep. It's like a different rule now. And yeah. I think that I think is one of the things that is the most complicated thing um when you're doing both the like the digital and the the the, the print releases. Yeah. Whereas you have to find a way where somebody who has no idea what the game is, who walks into the store for the first time, can pick up a book or can pick up something to play the game, a starter set or whatever, and can essentially play it without instantly having, like, not being able to play it because the rules are out of date, like, instantly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? I think I think that comes down to uh, the person that's selling them that book, too, like that actual LGS. Oh, yeah. I yeah. feel like that if you are an LGS owner and you're selling stuff like Warhammer products and stuff, you kind of have, like, a little bit of a responsibility to say, hey, you're buying this book, um, let me tell you all this other stuff that you're going to need if you're, you know, something yeah. like that. Like just, I, I, I'm pretty sure they do that. Do they do that in like Warhammer stores? Like in actual, I don't Warhammer stores. I don't uh, know. It depends. I, I mean, they, you know, depends on the, yeah. depends on the person. Often the, the LGS is the Warhammer store. Like the person I go to, I see they're, they're pretty down to earth about it. Like, Hey, yeah. If you want to buy the Tau Codex, fine, but they're getting a new one pretty soon, you know? I'll I'll tell you from experience that a lot of local game store owners don't keep up to date with the game as much as we competitive players do. Yeah, I know. Because they have so many other games and so many other systems that they're constantly going through and promoting and Mm -hmm. getting people to play and stuff Mm -hmm. that the little nuances of, hey, this FAQ changes this unit or that unit. Like, a lot of the times, they just don't know yeah right. and, they're, and they're also going to invest more into the the game that sells the most in the yeah. store match the gathering yeah <laughs> stuff like that pokemon yeah. pokemon pokemon <laughs> uh yeah i i, I guess I i'm being a little bit I'm, I'm being a little bit too uh critical about lgs's they do a great job still. yeah i mean they, just, they still do a great job but I'm, I'm trying to figure out a fix for that problem it's hard. Well, <laughs> it's I, a hard problem to fix. Yeah, it, it really is. Because, like, even as a new player, like, the book doesn't... If you read your book from cover to cover, it doesn't even tell you, like, hey, you should probably go to Warhammer Community because that's where we do updates. <laughs> yeah, if they just add in a page... <laughs> Like yeah. maybe, maybe I don't know, add in a page uh, right when the rules are there and just be like, 
your book might have updates. Check out warhammercommunity.com to look at the FAQs. Mm-hmm. That might be, you know, that's like, what? That's one cent more <laughs> to print no, that, that That's That's a very good idea. Just even having that would be really kind to new players. Yeah, I'd right? Like just, um, and, and then, or, or download the Warhammer app. Yeah, oh, just look have, at that. Have and then an ad page. Cross promotion. <laughs> yeah. Like comic books back in the day. Yeah, like comic books. And then, like, when you flip over the pages, like, hey, you could check out these x ray goggles that you can buy for 25 cents. Dude, or Game Genie, dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, so, so, so long as it's, so long as it's on like a page before the actual balance stuff, because I don't really want to, I don't really want to take, take me out too far of the codex because it has that nice, like, lore feel. You don't want to, oh, yeah. You know, yeah. You don't want to be a little too much on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, nah, dude, give me all the ads. Give me a Nintendo Power Glove from like 1980. Like, give it to me. I want it all. Dude, what, what were the old like the old like uh, AMD graphics car um, uh, processor? Like the big wizard on it. Oh yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the, the old uh, the old like GTX graphics cards. Like the get a Power Glove. Yeah, yeah. Dude, power now, Glove. Now that's power. Now that now you're gaming with power. <laughs> um, I think that we're pretty much donezo here when it comes to this topic. We've kind of covered up everything. Uh, is there any other stuff that you guys want to talk about um, as a roundtable, Demeki? No, I think I'm good. I'm pr- I'm pretty excited for all the new codex that's coming out. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what? What you know what they can do? That what? would be uh, that would go like a mile, like uh, a mile. Just a roadmap, just like a genuine, a genuine roadmap of all the codexes that they're planning on releasing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. In what order? Stuff like balance slate updates, things like that. Just give us like a roadmap. If they, you know, if they could just give us that, I would be they, more than happy with it. They they did that, Matt, in the beginning. Remember? Well, no. What I think what Matt's trying to say is instead of stuff. Yeah. instead of doing like what they've been doing and kind of like t- giving us that small roadmap of hey, look, here's the next couple of ones coming out. Just give us a complete roadmap for every single codex that's left. Just like, all right, this is when you can expect. Like, if it's just the year and like what codexes they're planning on releasing in that year, I, that would be completely fine. Yeah, with like that. It, it doesn't have to be like by quarter. It doesn't even have to be by month, just like year and then what's coming out. What's coming out along with when is a big, um, like the field manual coming out on what mm-hmm. day or like, you know, what time frame, when the next uh, slate or balance slate is going to be coming out. Stuff like that would help out a lot for the game and make mm-hmm. sure that like people are actually ex- stay excited for the game, right? Because now you actually have a roadmap. It's like, oh, okay, so this is a problem right now, but hey, you know what? This is coming out in this amount of time, so I'm still fine. Like, it's okay. You know, I think what would be cool, too, is if they did, like, a uh, vote for cover art mm-hmm. for certain codexes. I think that would be cool. Don't if they did, like, a poll where you could pick, like, the the like the one with saying. the most votes yeah. gets to be the uh, the that, art. I don't think that that could ever work because they, I'm pretty sure that they print these votes a long time ago. Come on. Like, yeah, you yeah. know how it yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, I'm just spitballing some happen. stuff. Do not give the power to the consumer like that, or you will have to make sure you're ready yeah. to, uh, to uh, you know, enact what they voted for. Oh, yes. Even if it's bad. Like ma- naked <laughs> madness. Yeah. Terrible. You know what? Consumers consume. They're yes. not the people that make the stuff that they consume. Yeah? Yeah. Something like that. That was not very you know, proverby. You so know what, <laughs> what they should do is if they do an app that has like a page thing, they should have like a, you know, like a, you could click on it and it makes the noise of you cracking open the spine and stuff. Like if they were to put some of that tactile, like sound <laughs> cues inside of the actual app to like get you more comfortable with it. Money idea, right? Dude, there. And, then they, and then they could sell an extension for your phone where you could plug it into it and then it'll like spray like, out spray <laughs> perfume or yeah. pheromones or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, we should record that and put that as a as one of the buttons no. on the soundboard. No. Yeah, it would be great, dude. It'll sound like a fart. <laughs> Reverb. <laughs> uh Scarry, is there anything that you wanna uh, add on to the conversation before we end it off? Well, I think that one of the biggest things you have to understand is, you know, a, we haven't exactly been living a, quote, normal life the last couple of years, mm-hmm. number one. Uh, so a lot of the stuff and things that we kind of want ha- is in relation to the situation of the world. Yeah. Secondly, um, you know, you have to give yourself some perspective and understand that even though it might not seem it, 
seem this way, if you're getting into the game and it's brand new, they are constantly improving. Even though it's like little at a time, and even though they should really, quote, improve much faster because they have so many resources or so much capital or whatever. Like, they are, and they have, depending on what sort of period of time you're taking from perspective. And thirdly, it's it's a hobby. I Like, at the end of the day, if you want to play it, you can play it for any reason you want. But if you take it as a hobby, a lot of this stuff becomes a lot less stressful. Mm-hmm. If you collect multiple armies, a lot of this stuff becomes less stressful because then you can hop from one to another, right? And then it does come down to money or whatever. But, you know, people who play golf spend thousands of dollars on new balls every other day or whatever. I don't know what golf is, but yeah, it's a hobby. Treat it like a hobby, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to, you're going to get your fun toys to play with at some point and then enjoy them mm-hmm. while everybody else complains that they don't have the toys. And that's, yeah. that's how that works. Yep. Yep. I agree with that. Bricky. Bricky. My only goal is to finish my Night Lord so I can say I played CSM before the Codex. Nice. <laughs> that's that's the only thing I care about right now. I want I want to get them done, play a couple eighth or ninth edition or eighth edition codex matches, and be like I was there. And then when and when then when by some twist of fate, night lords are become the meta. I can say I'm not a meta chaser. Look, there's a video proof. <laughs> I played I played night lords before. Silent yeah. King win. Yeah, Silent that's King win. <laughs> did you know? Did you know that uh, apparently there's a joke where Peta was selling a, a fake. Leather jacket that looked like human skin. Oh, the human skin thing? Yeah, I saw I, that. Apparently, apparently, it's a gag. I was legitimately going to buy it. It looked cool, and then, right? And then, and then wear it when I take yeah. Night Lords to a tournament. Yeah. It would have been perfect. I'm been sad. You could also do it as Drakari. <laughs> yeah, hey, yes. Yeah. Um, Scary. Yeah. <laughs> buy the jacket. Archon, Archon wears human skin. Archon, Archon wears. Um. Kamara threads. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, GW. All right. Copywriters. All right. All right. We're done here. <laughs> we're, we're done. Uh, long story short, um, GW is doing a, it, it, they're, they're still, they're doing better than what they used to do. Yeah. Which is good. We welcome the balance slate. We love the balance slate. Want to see more of it. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's it for this episode. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, if you guys liked it, make sure you guys press subscribe and stuff. Uh, Scary, if you want to plug in where people can find you, please do so now. Or Absolutely. Please find me in the webway at 333webwaycentral.com. No, don't, don't search that. You'll find me on YouTube. Uh, search for Scottcast. And then all the links to social medias are right on the YouTube page. Uh, like the Patreon and stuff like that. You are all amazing. So thank you so much for listening. Scary out. Yeah, boy. Bricky, please plug yourself. Dude, it's just Bricky and like literally everywhere. Just look it up. Yeah. yeah. I'm done. <laughs> all right, cool. Nice. <laughs> you can find out more of our stuff at marvel.com. Um, also, <laughs> <I wish. laughs> um, but that's it. Thank you guys for watching. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Have a good night. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.